Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the first season of Um Talha Speaks in which we will seek to gain reward of praying 1,100 rak'ahs. In each episode, we'll learn an ayah of the Qur'an and a chapter of Islamic knowledge to be in compliance with the hadith of the Prophet والسلام, where he said, O oh Abu Dhar, for you to go out and learn one ayah of the Book of Allah is more rewardable for you than praying 100 optional rak'ahs. And for you to go out and learn one chapter of Islamic knowledge is more rewardable for you than praying 1,000 optional rak'ahs. Through this season, we will cover the basic foundations of Islam with the understanding that all of these topics have many more details that are learned in appropriate sessions of knowledge. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to be amongst those that know and understand the religious knowledge and not amongst those who don't understand. A'udhu billahi minash rajim Khudh min amwalihim sadaqatan tutahhiruhum wa tuzakkihim biha wa salli alayhim إِنَّ صَلَاتَكَ سَكَنٌ لَهُمْ وَاللَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ أَلَمْ يَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ يَقْبَلُ التَّوْبَةَ عَنْ عِبَادِهِ وَيَأْخُذُ الصَّدَقَاتِ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ in this episode, we'll discuss the importance of the obligatory charity as zakah, as well as the merit of the rewardable, the extra sadaqah or charity that a person may give from their wealth. In ayah 103 of Surah Tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders the Prophet, خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ Take from their money sadaqah. And this ayah is referring to the obligatory zakah that each person must pay from their money. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Tutahiruhum, that this charity purifies them. So we shouldn't think about paying the zakah as losing some of our money. Rather, we should look at this is a purity for us. This purifies our money. This purifies our hearts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues and orders the Prophet alayhi salatu wassalam, alayhim, inna lahum. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders the Prophet to make dua for the people who pay as zakah. Now this was something that he, he did in the time of the companions when the Prophet ﷺ was alive, when they paid their zakah, he would make dua for them. We don't have this special merit now, but paying zakah is still an obligation on us as it was an obligation on the people at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. The obligatory zakah is segmented into different types depending on the type of a person's wealth, um, but also depending on the time of year. So the zakah on the types of wealth 
um, if a person owns gold or silver, if they own certain types of animals, or if they trade, this specific zakah, this type of zakah is called zakah on wealth. There's also zakah that is due simply for living, part of Ramadan and part of Shawwal, which is the month after it. And this is called zakatul fitr. So zakatul fitr, the zakah that is due after completing Ramadan, this is more encompassing. More Muslims are required to pay this specific type of zakah because the requirements for paying it are less. So in order for zakah to be due on a Muslim, they have to be considered having their basic shelter, their basic clothing and food for the day of Eid and the night that follows the day of Eid. So as long as they have their basic needs for that, for that amount of time, then Zakatul Fitr is due from them. And the payment originally was in forms of food. So the person would pay on behalf of himself, on behalf of his wife, on behalf of his children, four cupped handfuls of wheat, for example, or four cupped handfuls of rice, whatever the most common food is from that region. But nowadays, some scholars have mentioned that it's permissible to pay instead of wheat and actual rice, the person can pay money. Um, so this is about five pounds, six dollars on behalf of each member of the family. And zakatul fitr must be paid on the day of Eid or before it. So it's valid for the person to pay zakatul fitr during the month of Ramadan, but they don't delay it after the day of Eid al-Fitr except for a valid religious excuse. And it's valid for the person to pay their zakah at the masjid, for example, and the masjid takes the responsibility of distributing that money amongst the people who deserve zakah. With regards to the zakah that's due on a person's wealth, um, what we'll speak about in this episode, inshallah, is actual money that a person has or actual gold or silver that a person has and not in regards to the animals or the fruits or trading. If a person was involved in those issues, like say for example they were a shepherd and had a certain number of sheep, then it's an obligation on them to learn the rules regarding that specific type of zakah. But because most of us nowadays aren't involved in those types of jobs, most of us will find ourselves responsible for paying zakah on our physical wealth or perhaps on jewelry that we own. Certain amounts of gold and silver and cash are exempt from having zakah paid on them. So this specific amount religiously is referred to as an isab. So in terms of gold, anything less than about 84 grams of gold, a person isn't responsible for paying zakah on. And in terms of silver, anything under approximately 595 grams of silver, a person wouldn't be responsible for paying zakah on. And this equates nowadays, if you put that as a cash value, that's approximately 3,800 pounds. 
So anything less than that, that a person would own, they wouldn't be responsible for paying zakah on that. And the condition for zakah to be owed, whether it's on silver or gold or cash that a person has, is that it must be in their possession for an entire year. So if a person gets married, for example, and they were gifted over 85 grams of gold, they don't pay zakah immediately when they receive that gift. They wait to see whenever a year passes, and if that 85 grams of gold is still in their possession, then they pay on it. And one of the misunderstandings and misconceptions that many people have is that the only time of the year that zakah is paid is after Ramadan. This isn't true. Zakah is paid on wealth whenever one year laps on it. So for example, somebody might start saving their money and they reach a point where they have 3,800 pounds, for example, and they keep it in their bank. Whenever one year lapses on that minimum 3,800 pounds, then they pay on it. That might be in Ramadan, that might be in Rajab, it can be any time of the year, it's whenever one year lapses. Once it's been established that a person is required to pay zakah on their wealth, whether that's the gold, the silver, or their cash, the amount that must be paid is 2.5% of that value. So 2.5% of however much gold they have, 2.5% of however much silver they have, and 2.5% of however much cash they've they've saved across that year. Um, and thinking about other aspects of life that we pay on as a percentage of our wealth, sometimes taxes in some countries can be as high as 25%. Some, sometimes health insurance payments can be upwards of 10%, pensions 7%, 8%. So this is much, much more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requires us to pay for our wealth and the people that zakah is paid to are generally quite vulnerable in society allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifies for us in the quran those people who are deserving of zakah money and they're those that are extremely poor they don't even have half of what they need to get by each day or Okay, fine, they might have half, but they don't have all of what they need. Their rent payment, for example, is 700 pounds a month, and they have 400. This isn't, they don't have enough to meet their basic needs. So these types of people, and when we reflect, who might find themselves in these types of situations? We might find widows. We might find single mothers who the father of their children are estranged. We might find disabled people, people who are sick and can't work and find themselves in this category. So the person really needs to reflect and not be selfish when it comes to their money. And remember that the poor people in society, they have a right to, to be supported and to be looked after from the rest of the wealthy Muslims. And in general, we should remember that paying from our money 
whether it's the obligatory payments that we must pay in terms of zakah, or it's sunnah, it's recommended charity that a person gives from their wealth, a person doesn't lose. At the very least, they get reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they may find that because they gave this charity, a calamity is lifted from them, a hardship is lifted from them, a sickness is relieved. The secrets from giving charity are vast. And we'll finish with a story of one of the companions. His name was Abu Talha. And he had um, like an orchard that was directly across from the masjid of the Prophet and he used to love this orchard. The Prophet ﷺ used to come to that orchard and drink from it. So if we think about how one of us would feel if we had this type of land directly across from the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ, now we would feel extremely lucky. But when the Prophet ﷺ was alive and he used to come to that orchard, but Abu Talha heard an ayah of the Qur'an, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرَّ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ That you won't receive the very high special merit unless you give from what you love. So when Abu Talha heard this ayah, immediately he went to the Prophet alayhi salatu and he said, my most prized possession is Bayruha, and surely I'm giving it as a sadaqa for the sake of Allah, as a charity for the sake of Allah. And we should remember this wasn't an obligation on him. Many times it's easier for us to separate from things that we love if we're fulfilling an obligation. This was a meritorious act on his part. This was an extra deed on his part, a sunnah matter that he did, he gave this most prized possession for the sake of Allah in hopes to gain that high status and that high reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described in that ayah. So we see from this very summarized chapter of Az-Zakah that we should look at Zakah, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described it in the Quran, that it's a purification for us, an expiation for us of our sins, relief from hardships in this life and a way to potentially gain a very high status to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this lesson and inshallah you'll join us next time in the next episode where we'll discuss the merits of fasting the month of Ramadan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.